welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Today, we are at the end of a momentous month. Our producer spotlight on Ross Robinson. We've gone through a lot together. We're closing out the month with Glassjaw and their album, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Silence. We've learned a lot. And I know that uh, we, we're just starting the ep, but we're very excited to dive back into the new next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, we got I, one I've more. enjoyed myself. <laughs> I know. And uh, we're not quitters. We stuck with it. Hey, we played the dance we carved in with. (laughs) Don't you remember? That's been an ongoing thing for the last two episodes that I don't exactly get. Uh, You play the cards you were dealt or you dance with the girl that you brought. Oh, (laughs) there was something about the way you said card in. I was like, I'm I'm hearing a foreign language. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Cardiff giant. Right. Right. Okay, that's good podcasting. That was, that was <laughs> oh man, I'm oh sc- man, I've screwed up the episode already. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. So we're gonna dive into Glassjaw, talk all things Glassjaw. But first, we have got to talk about who's not in a big band anymore. Who's not in a big band? Who isn't in a big band anymore? So, Slipknot. They have generally nine members. Yep, ten members. Because it's zero, isn't it starts, zero through starts nine? Starts at zero, yeah. Oh, Thank shit. Thank you. Thank you. So we got mm-hmm. 10 guys. No, you've got to cut that. We can't not be <laughs> right about what? the number of people in Slipknot. I am glad to be wrong about the number of people in Slipknot. Well, it is nine now. <laughs> wow, it's there nine it is. now. So yes. Because Technically. Chris Fane, number three, was kicked out of the band today as we record this uh, because... He sued the band, and so they said, you're out, which, I mean, perhaps he has merit for why he's suing them, but at the same time, if you're in the band and you sue the band, you might get kicked out. Oh, you guys are getting served sometime in the next week, so. <laughs> oh, Jenny. I'm suing oh, you no. both for being illegally cool. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to see my day in court. I have a great lawyer. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, apparently Chris is upset about uh, merch sales and royalty sales, and he says he's not getting a penny. And so they booted him out. We uh, we posted, of course, about this on our Facebook, and uh, we had some comments that were like, what does this guy even do? Doesn't he just jerk off his dick-like nose? Strikes me as a pretty important thing. In the history of the band, we all know that guy. You all remember that. You can talk to about Slipknot two people, and they'll be like, hey, and then that one guy just like jerks his nose off. Yep. I'd say invaluable member of the band. I agree. Sonically and visually part of it. Guys, yeah. there's nine members of Slipknot. What? So do they start at, do they stop start at, at eight? They stop at eight. Corey's eight. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't know why anybody listened to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've historically, I mean, 
you go back to the beginning of time, Spawn soundtrack. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm untrustworthy. I've shown you who I am. <laughs> <laughs> What's the old saying? When someone shows you who they are, believe, believe them? Believe them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's now an opening in Slipknot. If you want to slide that mask on and jerk off that nose dick, mm. now's your chance to shine. They're going on tour this summer. Be there. Number six, coming out in August. There you go. I think it's eight, nine. Oh, is that when they, that's the release date? I think that's the release date I just saw Great. today. Great. Great. Perfect. Can't wait. You know what I else can't wait for? Who's tweeting? Who's tweeting? Who is? So we got some messages and some emails this week. First, we have a report from the $3 Limp Biscuit show. Jenny, what did Matt Murphy have to say? Well, Matt Murphy said, well, Fred jumped into the crowd because it was, I'm guessing, pretty hype. Marilyn Manson was there. Some modern rapper named Machine Gun Kelly and Donald Trump Jr. may have been there. I don't know. That's just the play-by-play I got from a friend who went. She's pretty lucky, not just because she went to an LB show, but because she's Sam Rivers' stepdaughter. Whoa. Hashtag not bragging. Hashtag friends in high places. Hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag. Well, congrats, Matt. I'm liking to hear about your upward social mobility. Keep up the good work. And I was Instagram storying, hawking like a son of a gun. I was watching it that evening. And Billy Corgan was also there, which was interesting. Mm. You know who else was there? David Fincher. What? Mm-hmm. David Fincher is friends with Fred Durst. I don't know if you remember this, Matt. Fred Durst has seen Fight Club about 28 times. It's <laughs> immortalized in a lyric. Think about if you are a director and someone says, hey, on this album, they say they watched your movie 28 times. Which is such you an would... oddly specific number. That That's because it's true. It, it's such an oddly specific number because it has to be true. It was 28 at time of recording. And uh, who knows? He might switch it up live now. I don't know. But now, you know, you meet that person afterwards. And Fred was, you know, mentored by David Fincher. So for that Travolta movie? Just in general. That he just shadowed him for a long time. So, yeah, I guess you could say for the Travolta movie as well. Chad Worrell had this to say. I was going to request Machine Head's other new metal record, Supercharger. Then I listened to it. Don't do it. <laughs> that being said, I rather like Catharsis, and it is new metal as all hell, and has been, from what I can gather from the latest episode of Talk To Me, a big reason why the current Machine Head lineup broke up. Any chance Catharsis gets a review to see if the animosity is warranted? So I bought Animosity Day of Release. Not Animosity, I'm sorry. Bought Catharsis Day of Release. It's pretty new metal, along with a lot of other things. The one thing... It is super long. It is an incredibly long record. I mean, maybe down the line. I think we need to do Supercharger first. I know Chad's warning us off, but I feel like it's our duty to do at some point. I mean, we haven't done a Machine Head record in, what, hundreds of episodes? Hundreds of years, yeah. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah, that was like yeah. right back at the beginning. Right back at the beginning. We, so, are we going to do a Backbreakers Month, a month of the longest albums we can find? <laughs> I It'll have be... too much love for myself <laughs> to sign on to It'll that. be Stanger and this. Oh, God. Oh, man. We'll, we'll think about it. 
definitely definitely expect some machine head in the future all right david brown says hey lovely people massive fan of the podcast from over the pond here in the uk steadily making my way through the entire feed in what is perhaps a rather unorthodox way by listening to the albums i love first and the ones i'm either not too keen on or just haven't heard yet i was pleasantly surprised by addiction i've spun it a few times since hearing the episode and damn it's definitely one for the car Trying to save Motorgrader until last, I remember pissing off on an old friend for saying that if they gave out awards for the shittiest band, their trophy would need a fucking aircraft hanger to accommodate it. <laughs> Haven't heard it in a while, though, so who knows? As for my own, I'd love to suggest Majority of One by Number One Son. It's actually one of my favorite new metal albums ever and was sadly overshadowed by being released on the same level around the same time as Lost Prophets' debut. But the less said about them, the better, I suppose. I'd love to know what you all think of it. It's got crunch, screams, rapping, catchy melodies, heavy as fuck riffs, solid production, and above all, great songs. I personally think it belongs in the canon. Keep up the awesome work. Much love. David, thanks for reaching out. Thank you, David. And I have to say, number one son, never heard of them. That's a, that's a new one. So, I mean, plus... That's what a recommendation there. Crunch, screams, rapping, catchy melodies, heavy as fuck riffs, solid production, and great songs. I think we got to do it on the show, you guys. I'm here for it. I'm living for it. All right. Ricky said, hey, guys, recently discovered the podcast, digging it. Sounds like you may be from Michigan also. You are correct. I dig the mainstream new metal stuff as much as the next guy, but perhaps you could consider covering some old Detroit-specific bands such as Ill Face, a.k.a. Subringer, Mag44, Left, Arising, Defamation of Character, Project 420 are my top-of-mind ones. I believe they are all considered new metal. Some are well-known overseas, others not as much. All good stuff from the late 90s, Defamation being my personal favorite. So I looked up a couple of these. Some of them you cannot find. I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, these bands name themselves before thinking about being Google searchable. But if you name your band Left, it's you're not going to find anything on the internet. Um, but Defamation of Character, I did find. And Ill Face, a.k.a. Subringer, I found some stuff. Um, definitely New Metal AF. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Thank you for the recommendation. All right. Steven Tilbury says, hey, guys, I do a couple of podcasts. One of them is a new one where my girlfriend and I review records. Last week, we did Chocolate Starfish. Thought you might want to listen. It's only 25 minutes long. And this is a podcast, an Australian podcast called On the Record. Ooh. Yeah. So if you want to hear Steven and his girlfriend talk about albums, check it out. Only 25 minutes long. I would say that's respectful of our time very respectful casper said perhaps when ross robinson month is over you can get back into the blood youth's new album starved they're going at it hard for the revival of our favorite genre and gotta say riff central their album artwork even took inspiration from the best iowa matt do you have some blood youth queued up yeah, I think so. Here's Starved by Blood Youth. Oh! Whoa! Oh. Uh-oh. Is that... Is that murky chug? I'm hearing a lot of chug and some rumble. Oh, 
All right. I haven't done it in so long. All right. A pit has been activated. I just need, just need that singer. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Thank Put you, it Jasper. into my veins. You don't need, don't shoot it, Lauren. You need an IV w- of blood youth stat. Oh, I, I am going to the hospital and I'm gonna bring in I'm bringing the CD and I'm just being like, I need this stat. I need a blood youth transfusion. <laughs> is that is that the Yeah. Not a blood transfusion, a blood youth transfusion. Right. Yes. Replace a pint with some blood youth. There we go. Very good. I look forward to listening to that one. We've also got some feedback from our live show all about Taproot. <laughs> Remember that? I was just thinking about how long ago that was. <laughs> like January. Wow. It was. All right. Kelly Frazier says, Poem is one of my favorite songs of all time. I just love it, but I understand why it's not in the canon. A good friend of mine is close with Jared Montag and a bunch of times in the past. I've hung out with them backstage at various Deftones shows in the area because Jared is still good friends with the Deftones. Jared is pretty successful in corporate America and also has a book out there called True Rockstars, 12 Guiding Principles for Success and Happiness. All right. Very cool. Well, I'm going to connect with Jared on LinkedIn. Cool. I'll let you know how it goes. I look forward to updates. Uh, Daniel Hedger said, third rate new metal made first rate by this pod, Metal Fingers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Daniel Terry says, the screaming on this album is so sparse that it might as well not even be there. (sighs) Not wrong. Damn, Dan. Duke Cannon said, like the album, didn't like the fact that every song title was one word. How lazy of them to think we didn't have the time to say two to four words. Great episode, guys. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And Mike Hoverluck says, man, this didn't hold up at all. I remember hearing this and loving it back in the day, but what a whiny, self-deprecating bitch. No wonder Fred wanted to take him. What? Oh, no wonder Fred wanted to take him and do his stained. Yeah. You fucked up. Don't bite the hand that feeds. Don't bite the hand that feeds. Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, for sending us messages and for who's tweeting. Keep on tweeting. Facebook, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com, and you may be featured in who's tweeting. The album of the week to close out, Ross Robinson, producer spotlight, is Glassjaw and their album, everything you ever wanted to know about silence jenny when did this album come out this album was released on may 9th 2000 thick of it thick of it jenny history with glassjaw my history with glassjaw is people asking me if i like glassjaw (laughs) (laughs) and me being like i guess i never really listened to glassjaw and then I must have eventually listened to Glassjaw, and then I just vaguely felt like I didn't like it, and then I didn't do anything. 
until I, we had to listen to it for this. Um, the album cover is very, very familiar. I feel like it was a used bin staple. And I feel like a couple of my old roommates may have owned this too. But that's about it. Lauren, how about you? So Glassjaw was a band that I had heard about but never actually listened to until we did this episode. But I was very familiar with uh, the lead singer, Daryl Palumbo, because he had a band that he made uh, called Head Automatica that I was a huge fan of. And uh, I was very into them. And so, and I remember hearing them and people being like, oh man, this is so different from Glassjaw. I can't believe the Glassjaw guy made this record. It's so crazy. And I think just the fact that I would hear that it was so different from the Head Automatica stuff, just, I was like, well, I don't want to hear not this. So I just never sought it out. And I actually saw Head Automatica live once. And um, I can talk about that experience, I guess, as we go through. Um, but I did see Daryl in the flesh. Matt Nas, Glassjaw, history. You know, um, they are, I feel like Jenny on this one. They're a band that everybody thinks that I would be into or has asked me about. Do you know, what do you know about Glassjaw? I always screw them up with Jawbox, uh, which is a radically different band. And I really don't know much about them. But what I've heard has not been for me. Mm. I mean, you could mix them up with a couple of people. Not only Jawbox, but Jawbreaker. Also, Glass Joe from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Mm, right, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of room for confusion with this band. I um, do like Jawbreaker. Oh, okay. So there's mm. that. There's that. Uh, this was a big thrift. Pick this up at The Great Escape, a record store slash comic book store in Louisville, Kentucky for a sweet $3.99. Wow. Under five bucks. What a deal. Waddell. Liner notes, as you said, Jenny, we've got this album art with, um, it looks like, was this a pill pill box? It's a pill box, for sure. So, okay. I'm going to ask straight up. Okay. Is this, uh, is this a little nod to Deftones Adrenaline here? With the snot sucker, the nasal aspirator, another common household, like, pharmacy tool? I don't want to jump ahead. But if if this is their nod to Deftones, it's a weak nod, and it's a strong indication of where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an agreement from me. It, it's pretty standard album art. We've got a syringe on the inside. We've got lyrics. I will say legible lyrics. Thank you for that. The band looks very new metal. They look like shitty guys (laughs) like when i look at them i'm like oh god if i walked into a party and they were there i'd leave um you know yeah but they wouldn't be at a party probably Mm, as we'll learn yeah as we'll learn as we'll learn specifically the dude in the middle who i'm assuming is daryl that's daryl he just looks like a real shit stain of a person (laughs) now and that's look there are myriad pictures of me where i look like a piece of shit so it's not fair. Right. But I'm just Hey. Just being honest with you. I've shown you who I am. I've exposed myself. <laughs> but that guy looks like he's gonna talk to you about some collection he has. Yeah. 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 So this was recorded at the Indigo Ranch, 
with Russ Robinson. Uh, interesting twist here. Jenny, what genre tags we got here? We've got new metal and post-hardcore. So that was my big question about this record. People have asked us to do this one mm-hmm. for the show, not as part of our producer spotlight, which it is part of. Right. This is not in consideration for the canon today, is it? No. No. <laughs> no. That's what the double check is. That's what my double check is. That was more me defending our baby the canon and less me being like, Matt, you fucking idiot. Hey, Jenny, <laughs> dial it down. I'm sorry. You hurt my feelings. Oh, I didn't mean no, it that way. Okay, okay. I was protecting the cannon. <laughs> I felt like number three. I'm out of here. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is jerking off his nose and walking away. <laughs> I don't know why this is my thing. Uh, Why'd I choose this mask? Uh, Jenny, who's in Glassjaw on this album? On this album, we have Daryl Palumbo on vocals, Justin Beck on guitar, Manuel Carrera on bass guitar, Todd Weinstock on guitar, and Sammy Siegler on drums. And of course, behind the boards, producting and mixing. Real cool, (laughs) awesome word. Ross Robinson. Our, there you have it. Our featured boy. Our featured boy. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history with this record. Apparently, Glassjaw discourages the purchase of this album due to their acrimonious split from Roadrunner and instead encourage people to download their music via LimeWire. So I'm assuming this is an old Wikipedia that has not been updated lately. And Russ Robinson claims that the label showed no interest in the band until he pushed to have them signed and then showed little interest afterwards. I feel like maybe, maybe he didn't read the room on that one. Hey, check this band out. Check this band out. Okay. Well, why aren't you still checking the band out? Uh, well, you just asked me like one second ago. God damn it. Promote the band. You have been standing in front of me this entire time. Why aren't you promote? Why aren't you promoting the band? Because you haven't left my office yet. Why don't you promote the band? I would like. You're the only person that I am able Pro- to communicate just, with just, right now. Just, just promote the. Just promote them. Thank you for the feedback. <sighs> I gotta go. <laughs> Thank you for the feedback. That's ice cold. <laughs> That's how it works there at the Roadrunner offices. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've got all that. We're going to, yeah, we've got a lot to unpack here. Uh, so let's just dive into this first track. What do we got? Oh, it's called Pretty Lush. Okay, I'm good. Wow. Three times you guys listened to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three yeah. times? I, it was... This was Even from producer's <laughs> spotlight? I, uh... <laughs> I barely Jenny, paid attention the third time I <laughs> listened to it. It was technically on, but, like, I wasn't. Um, What's going on here? There's a lot of... There's a lot going on here. Um... I can safely say 
the vocals are not for me. There are like, it's just so much variation. The screaming, I guess, is fine, but all the like, I was like, whoa, 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 I felt attacked. I was like, okay, Daryl, I don't want to do this right now. I'm trying to live my life. Um, yeah, I uh, was like, why do people ask me if I liked this band? I, uh, yeah, it's baffling. It's, uh, I can tell you that I Christ Go challenged this album, car, headphones, doing things. And I can tell you that in any setting, this album was not good. <laughs> <laughs> do not bury the lead. I'm not going to bury the lead on this one at all. I mean, it's it, it was literally like, yeah, green eggs and ham. I do not like it outside. I do not like it inside. I do not like it while I am dusting a house or vacuuming or in a oh man in a car probably the worst way to listen to this album i would agree with that yeah wow because you can't get away it's it's like you're it's like you're trapped in the car with it so yeah i mean we're probably gonna plow through this so let's just ask the questions now why did ross produce this it makes uh, so this month has made me kind of think about how i think about ross um i it's i uh this might sound stupid but i really when he's doing something i like i love what he does with the band when he's doing something i don't like it's it's like being beaten (laughs) like (laughs) but i can see why he would work with this band because they're heavy their style of music, I think, especially for this time, is kind of interesting and all over the place. I don't know actually why, if that information is available. So, like, because this is like their first studio situation, right? This is their first studio situation. There's a quote online that Ross told someone that he wanted to kill Adidas Rock, i.e., Corn and Limp Biscuit Sound, and that he was basically that's why he made this record. Like he felt like he'd done everything he could. And now like this was in his view, the next step. And he loved, he loved Daryl's voice. And also Daryl has Crohn's disease. And he apparently had been singing so hard that it like set off his Crohn's disease and he almost died. And when Whoa. Ross heard that, st- when Ross heard that story, he was like, "I got to work with these guys. That's, this, that's what I'm talking about." See, yeah. that totally makes sense now. So that makes sense. I get that. The um, kill Adidas rock thing makes sense. Yeah. The these guys could be the next wave, the next big thing. They're they mean it. I mean, that's right there. He's singing like he means it. He reinflames his Crohn's disease. Yeah. That's, so that's yeah, a million. So, Angel hard-ons. So, um, a big thing I'm with this so record. Sorry, I'm just, so sorry. Oh, yes. The robe just pops right up. <laughs> uh, so, I'll just read from the wiki. The album has been noted for its overall angry and negative tone in terms of lyrics. 
Uh, the title track was written about Crohn's disease. Many songs on the record were written concerning bad relationships, and some accused the band of misogyny due to the offbeat nature of the lyrics. That's one way <laughs> yeah. to look at it. Offbeat and, is gentle. Yeah. Yeah, the band have made statements condemning the lyrics. Um, I can't confirm this. Jenny and I both looked at this article yesterday. Uh, it's from 2017. It's called uh, Cult Punk's J- Glass Job Return. It was offensive. You don't talk to a woman like that. And uh, they basically um, walk back this album a lot. Wow. Uh, no, and they don't, actually. They don't? No. You don't? Okay. No, okay. they fucking don't. This okay. is what okay. he says. Okay. Okay. Right. I was. Right. I, I figured it'd right. take a while to get Fucking there. Love this. Okay. So, okay. accusations of misogyny have dogged the band since their debut, which contained Palumbo's famous uh, furious lyrics about the fall of an adolescent relationship. You filthy whore! Shut up and swallow my pride for me. I only beat you when I'm drunk. You're only pretty when you're crying. When asked about the group's legacy, Palumbo sighs, knowing what I'm referring to. It deserves scrutiny, he says. You don't talk to a woman like that. It took being that angry to write the debut album's lyrics to make it work for my instrument in the band. I was always like, Oh, revenge, fall in love easily. And then fall into hate easily. I didn't have to say it that way. It's stupid. You don't speak face to face to a woman like that. I was angry. It's offensive. Whoa. Okay. Back it up. Back it up a couple (laughs) seconds there. You don't speak face to face, face to face to a woman like that. Okay. So that was, I was like, I'm with you. Cool. Yeah, like I, everybody probably has said a bunch of dumb shit, and you would hope that uh, about twenty years later you would like reflect on it differently. And it sounds like it's close to being there. But when I read the "you don't speak face to face to a woman like that," I was like, "You don't speak behind the back of a woman like that." If if you were to say. Now I'm not. Def- this is hard because I don't want to defend that, and at the same time, I want to kind of. If you were to be like, "Hey, these were my inner thoughts at the time," and I realized that you should never talk to anybody like this, but it was what I was thinking, and I'm not that person anymore. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, but that's not what I hear him saying. It sounds like you don't talk to a, a woman like that. Means I still have these thoughts. It could mean I still have these thoughts and I still could talk to my friends like this. I guess I read it as him saying that I would not say these things. It's it's a cowardly move. That's the way I read it, is that I said these things because I was a coward who couldn't even really face up any of the things that I was dealing with at the time. And that I couldn't even say these things to someone's face. Hmm. And I realize now the the follies of my youth that's the way i read it as that he looked back on it as being like i wouldn't even i wouldn't i didn't even have the courage to say that. that's why i put that in these songs and now i just have this document now of forever haunting me i went and looked up their set list they only play one song from this album if at all when they perform now um oh wow yeah hmm. and it's not this song it's the next song I, siberian kiss that's but um you might be right it's possible that I have a non-generous interpretation of this. I see where you're coming from 100%, though, because it isn't, it isn't, uh, I, I think about it now because we're in this sort of like, um, like, obviously, like, cancel culture and everything like that of, like, people being like, 
you want someone to just give you a straight up like, hey, I was bad. That was wrong. I'm sorry. And no one ever does that. And here, it's sort of there, but not really. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. approaching acknowledgement and it's yeah. approaching accepting of responsibility. And to your point, Matt, if they had been like, that's really how I felt at the time. And like, that doesn't feel okay to me anymore. I could 100% respect that. Yeah. I mean, it just, I, I don't know who hasn't been there, especially if you were to look at my brain 20 years ago, I was a, I hadn't done any work on myself yeah. at all. Yeah. I was a mess. Same. I think there's just something about the way the the apology or whatever it is was mm-hmm. like written. Uh maybe something's lost in translation there, but I was just like face to face. Like what? That yeah. doesn't matter. I to get, me. Uh, I get it. Songmeanings.com. <laughs> Shrug. I think you get it. I I'm I not get. like here to like Wow, Matt and Lauren, do you get it? Do you? Uh, Let me apologize more. No, I just, I, you know, it didn't sound like yeah. I apologize for that. <laughs> well, let's just go to the next uh, fucking song. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's hear more uh, dudes screaming about women being whores for dumping them. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, they shouldn't have uh, dumped them in the first place. Well, Matt, sometimes people don't want to be around people who will call them whores. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my fantasies. <laughs> I know. This is when we learn. Uh, <laughs> this is how we learn. Uh, I, I do want to mention, though, songmeanings.com. Um, all these songs have between 40 and 60 comments. Uh, and uh, one commenter, Deaf from Silence, apparently, I don't know, just sat down with Daryl in 2000 and got quotes on every single song. So we also have Daryl in 2000 reflecting on uh, these songs. So he said, uh, this is Daryl says that this song deals with the girl who I'd been with and had been my best friend for a couple of years, but it got to a point where she moved away to college and had grown out of me as a phase in her life. I didn't appreciate being treated like a phase that was to be progressed through. So she decided that drinking and becoming a frat girl was more important to her than me. She decided that I was a lifestyle and that she had grown past me. I wasn't too into that. And that's pretty much what it's about. I don't drink myself. So to be beaten out by a fucking bottle wasn't too hit by my standards. And so that's when I found out that uh, Glassjaw was a straight edge band, or mm-hmm. at least they were straight edge for a while. Uh, apparently, Daryl is no longer straight edge. Um, he now smokes weed for his Crohn's disease. Wow. Per front, the internet. Front front page of Edge Breakers, <laughs> which was a real website. Where oh, really? You could go oh. see people who broke edge. So I read that comment, and it mm-hmm. infuriated me. It's not good. It's not good. That's not a good one. That's And again, I know that's from 2000. I think it just reminds me of my own personal experiences with dudes around that time and after, to be frank. Uh, but like, it, like that comment just like, re- like she just did something different. Like you don't get to. I mean, you, you can like, be mad about it, but it's like. But there's no depth to him at that point but being somebody who has had feelings like that let me not hide it It, and it all is bore out of my own insecurity moreover than the ability for me to even understand that people want to do their own things Mm -hmm. you know like that's all it is is you know what i mean one of the better things that i heard 
that on my journey to actually deal with my own feelings and emotions with interpersonal relationships is that a lot of them are like car rides and you're driving and somebody's with you and you might pull over and they might get out because they want to get out and that's their right to get out. But like at that time, he couldn't deal with that at all. Like, what do you mean you don't want to be with me in this car? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, don't you know that the door is open for somebody else to come in and have a brand new experience on this highway called life, baby? It, it's, it's that thing where I don't want to. Well, here's the funny thing is that because I've heard, uh, you know, subsequent albums that he's done with other bands and everything like that, it's I, I, I and I also, like you said, Matt, like knowing how. I was when I was like 18, 19. You and you haven't experienced anything. You haven't really been in like a real relationship before. Like this sounds like yeah, just the the myopic nature of it and then the fact that he had the chance to put a microphone in front of him and vent him out and get recognition cool, for it. And get recognition for it. That's the tough part. Yeah. But yeah. I know, but I know, but I agree with you. I agree with you, Jenny. It's, I know. I, I know. just, yeah, you know, <laughs> man. <laughs> Sometimes when you give a microphone to somebody who hasn't had time to like realize that women are people and then they scream stuff, then a bunch of dudes get a gigantic boner for a bend and are like, yeah, fuck that whore. And then it perpetuates. And then uh, a lot of women have to deal with it. And that's not cool. Not cool at all. Great record. Great, great. Let's One listen to this fucking song. Yeah. We, got, we, got, we got 11 more to go. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. Up next, we've got Siberian Kiss. I liked this better than the the first track. Yeah, this one has a bit more of a actually has a chorus. I wrote that the the riff is decent and the guitars are kind of new metal here. There's a bit of a new metal tilt, but the vocals. I mean, it, when he goes into that insane scream early on, I was like, oh, Ross loved that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Ross was like, yes, please. The first two listens benefited from the fact that I couldn't understand what he was saying a lot of the time, so I. I was sort of like I'd known that there was misogyny buried in there, but it was always get kind of obscured by the fact that I couldn't understand it. Um, on the previous track, I, I literally thought the first two times that he was saying you can lead a horse to water. He's not saying horse. <laughs> and, oh, no. uh, oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and I just wrote down I was always just write down like one lyric that stood out to me. So on this one, I wrote down. Uh, I've watched you whore yourself out for one more thing. If I can't have you, no one will. And that just, that went over. I can feel people all be like, hey, you guys talk about Mudvayne and serial killer burying people in fields and stuff like that. But I don't know. You just, Mudvayne are in costumes singing about 
serial killers. It's like they're creating like a, a mystique and a vibe. This is all fourth wall breaking. I don't feel there's any artifice to this, which I think is what makes it very uncomfortable. I agree. Like I think that's why I can listen to something like Limp Biscuit or several of the other bands that we listen to where I would say their stance on women or the way they talk about it in the album is like not great at best, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel like this. So it, classic Ross, it feels like very raw, leave it all on the table. Like this feels very genuine and real. And like, I don't know if you've ever experienced somebody telling you like, well, if I can't have you, then nobody will, but I have. And it's scary as fuck when you think somebody means it. So hearing mm-hmm. stuff like this, while I totally understand feeling this way it to an extent, it's hard for me to listen to this and not think about the implications that it has or like the tone that it sets or what it's putting out there. Because like, I think when you're listening to most stuff that we think of with like new metal, there's like a there's a lightness to it. It's heavy, but there's something about like what they're saying that is cartoonish. I feel that way about lots of metal too. Like I listen to lots of things that are (laughs) at best, Mm. not great to women, but I think stuff like this is more insidious. That's why like, it's hard for me to listen to like a lot of like indie bands that are more like this because there's not a cartoonish thing about it Mm. this is just like raw unfiltered anger you know does that make sense but let me let me impose my thoughts on that idea that but these guys will come off as nice guys you know like they'll hide behind that hey i'm sensitive i'm an artist i'm a i'm you know what i mean like like a I look at a Fred Durst and he's Fred Durst. You know what I mean? Like there isn't, I'm sure he has depth. Even Kid Rock blowing like bubbles up someone's butthole or whatever. Like is more transparent than somebody who puts up this facade. And then underneath it is this undercurrent of bullshit. Yeah. I think that's why the whole, when I was reading the, like they're like kind of, walking it back uh mm-hmm. i was there for it but because i i know lots of dudes who were shitty like that who have over time been like that was a fucked up way to be like one time i broke up with a dude and he, when i saw him in public he like called me a whore and like threw a beer bottle at me and over the years he was like oh, that was really fucked up. Now, granted, after he did that, I did pee on the shirts of his that I have and gave them back. So that is to say that people can change. I would not pee on a shirt now. Uh, But when I read the whole, like, you don't say that face-to-face thing, I was just like, I don't think I believe you. I don't think you fully get it. And I will 100% admit that I am not being generous in my assumptions about that. But I don't know. I think there was something about listening to this band specifically that just like, I was like, I I don't fucking think so, man. Even though I do 
I don't like this album, but I see why people did. And I think that also might be why I'm not like, I, I don't know. I have a lot of complicated mm-hmm. feelings. I'm a very complicated individual. Mm-hmm. In the songmeanings.com comments, basically Daryl says that this was basically about kissing someone who it feels what, what was once a warm thing is now cold and they don't have any feelings for you anymore. So it's a real Siberian kiss. Siberian kiss. Mm. And then uh Deft Weezer said they are really, really good live, and Daryl might even rival the all-time king of emotional energy, Chino Marino. Both have similar singing styles. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... I mean... You hear it though, right? It's it's so I don't know. I, I look at it as like uh yeah, it sounds like a little like Chino, but like in like blips, you know, there's no there's not like a sustained moment. Cause I think there's way too much flailing vocally here. And when he does actually do full out just normal singing on like later albums and on head automatica albums, I don't get Chino at all. That's not even his strong suit. When I think about Chino, I think of somebody who he feels like he has agency and control over his vocal stylings. Like it, it feels it feels very emotional, but it feels very deliberate. Mm-hmm. This feels a lot more like explosive, if that yeah. makes sense. Like a lot. It, it feels like a lot less controlled. I, yeah, I, the, the feeling I also got from this album is that there's no way to. I don't think you could re- they could have reproduced this album uh, again note for note like the day after they recorded it. It seems too all over the place. That that's just how the vocals worked out that day. So I get what you mean. Yeah. And I I actually do like that about it. Okay. I think that it's I like how raw it is in a weird way even though it's not for me. I can respect mm-hmm. that piece of it and that feels very Ross like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they mean it. Mm-hmm. They do mean it. You know what I mean? We should listen to the next song. I think so, <laughs> too. When one eight becomes two zeros. course or anything you want me to go to or it's got a decent trap should i keep it rolling you can keep it rolling for a second
I guess the thing that also is that I, I listen to it and I'm like, I, I see the like Chino dusting on it, but it goes to a wine that Chino would never, ever do. There's nothing sensual about this record at all. No. 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 <laughs> My main complaint about Glass <laughs> Not sensual enough. I know. You're not going into the massage room of the cannon. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. I mean, the the thing is also, like, the bitterness of these lyrics is unrelenting. And so three tracks in, it's just you're kind of put off because you're just, like, saying about something else? Like, are we still talking about this same person? Are you still hung up on this? Which the answer is yes. Is this all uh, about the same girl? Yes. Wow. Yeah. There, there's a couple diversions into talking about other girls they heard about. I'm not making that <laughs> up. But how at much first of your power did you give up in this relationship? Matt, she was a whore. <laughs> oh, first she... of all, just remember that she wasn't a good girl. Oh, she, she was, was a whore. whore. So, oh, so she hurt his feelings. Matt, no, guys, she hurt his feelings. <laughs> he has to lash out so the so the last line of this song is i hope you enjoy dying alone oh fuck you which she i might. remember reading she might love she, it which she did read here's the news report here's the news report but also it's one of those things where i'm like you know on another album from another band you know fucking seven dust or dry kill logic Having that line, it'd be like, "There you fucking go." But here, it's like, "Ah, oh, jeez, you know what a capper." And then this was the first instance. So the 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 comments largely in song meanings have been like, "Oh, these guys rule; they're amazing." But a couple people have popped in to be like, "Hey, not so cool." And one of them is commenter something in the air commented on September twenty second, two thousand two, and they quoted the line, "You're not the other woman; you're just another." another hobby for a guy like me and they said never ever ever tell a girl this and i was like okay solid Thanks. advice bad You're good advice another hobby for a guy like me yeah that's Ugh. that's some that's some posturing there hardcore i mean but she's the whore cool you're cool yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean <laughs> Here, here's the funny part. As a 41-year-old man, I can listen to this and be like, dude, you are fucked. Get it together. At, at, uh, at 20? I don't know. I, I think I would be just as messed up. I'd be like, oh, oh God, she hurt our feelings. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I haven't had any experiences at all. I can have some compassion for that. I can empathize to an extent. And at the same time, that you have a lot, to, lot of life to live. And this is what you're putting down for eternity. I just feel like 
journal entries are journal entries for a reason. Right? <laughs> These feel like this is what I'm like thinking. This like is another is this, live journal album. Is this a rewrite, rewrite, rewrite situation? Like how many did they? I don't, I don't think so. If they did, th- I don't want to know where the fuck they started. <laughs> I, I think you can't name her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder. Here's here's the thing. If we want to also plan that we know Russ's rules, we know what Russ wants. And to think about how, you know, their attempt to walk this album back is that they may have rolled in with vaguer implications. And Ross was like, I don't believe you. How do you really feel? Let's bring it out. Let's bring it out. Well, it's obvious to me that these guys need to do the work. (laughs) yes they need to go hang out with ross's mom for a while (laughs) they need to hang with ross's mom big time i mean they did it out of order they should have gone to ross's mom and then gone to ross Mm, classic Uh, mistake yeah so i think uh i mean i think that just might be part of it is that they were there um and you know ross was heavily involved we're going to talk about ross's co-writing credit on three of these songs on this album and you know maybe they also look at it as like you know we were kind of pulled out in this way and uh pushed to be a certain way i mean let's i mean we haven't talked about it too much because we haven't done the record but you know when corn went back into the studio with ross for corn three and they said that ross was like pushing them and trying to make them do things that were awkward and they were like we're grown men what are you we can't this is absurd we're not doing this this is insane but then you look at this and it's you know we can see you know why also ross likes working with younger bands they're more malleable and he can get you know quote unquote the truth out of them because he's going up to corn and corn at that point are multi-millionaires and he's like i want you to get super real and he's like um i got a mortgage i can't be super real anymore so yeah i mean i guess i mean not i don't want to excuse this because i you know this is some pretty vile lyrics here but i i can see how it happened oh Ross it's, got what he wanted. i do see like well if you're gonna be that guy be that guy they don't half step on being that guy that's true <laughs> there's no not. hesitation that's hey uh all right Let's keep rolling through this bad boy. It's Rai Rai's song. not gonna take it he's gonna take it and he's gonna keep taking it ross what are you doing buddy well well, 
we'll get into the story of the song. The funny thing about it is this song feels or sounds uh, very much like proto pop punk, proto emo, like like the origins of Fall Out Boy, like right in here. Um, and it's funny also is that, like I said, I first became familiar with Daryl from his Head Automatica stuff where he is singing, you know, um, and singing pop songs, basically. And he almost gets there on this track, but then you can feel Ross being like, I need you to scream. I need you to do something crazy. I need you to do something more. And so he doesn't allow, he keeps uglying up his vocals on this, which is not my preferred Daryl. I'll just say. Jenny, what what did you think of Rai Rai's song? I didn't like it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was like an interesting change of pace, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if so- my website, songmeetings.com, is to be believed, this is an insane backstory for this song. This backstory, do you want to read this one? This backstory is crazy. Uh, sure. So, Dead from Silence comments on April 18th, 2011. Daryl says... That's possibly the angriest song on the record in a very sarcastic sort of way. Very tongue-in-cheek. It's about a roadie and a good friend of ours, and he went away to college, and this girl we all knew and him started hanging out. But it was like, hush. It was like mad on the low. And he would have his friend come visit him at school, and none of his friends knew that he was with the girl. So they would hit on her, and she would get with his best friends and like sleep with his best friends, like in bed with him. And he wouldn't bring it up. And it's just like, damn, dude, you're an alien. He's really laid back. He's just a chill. He's a laid back dude to the point that he didn't want to make his friends feel weird. And he didn't want his friends to be like, Dick, that's the girl I'm hanging out with. So he just sat back. So watching this happen after we all found out the truth, I was like, are you kidding? This girl was totally a fucking demon. I wrote about it. Yeah, she's a fucking demon, Daryl. God. This sounds... This sounds like making, uh, this is a true mountain out of a molehill situation because it sounds to me like they had an open relationship and I mean, yeah, if he's chill and he doesn't care, then he's chill and he doesn't care. She's a demon. (laughs) Right. You you can't be chill and not care and then be unchill and care. First of all, Glassjaw would never have a cuck as a roadie. For real. I think that's important. I think we all know. Get the cucks out of here. We've got a no cuck policy on the Glassjaw tour. We've got a 0% beta male population (laughs) here on this tour. We grab our nut sacks every morning. Each one of us wake up. We take our <laughs> 72 supplements of ultimate man fuel. Uh, That's right. Uh, my, my. Um, yeah, I, uh, I wrote in my notes, staying on the theme of whores. Yeah, well. Uh, but yeah, this song really, um, this song makes Daryl look like a prude, especially with the explanation. Um, yeah. Because I read that description and I was like, sounds like an open relationship. I mean, they're not married. I, I don't know. What's, yeah. I don't know. What's the problem? Yeah. I don't know. Weak. What did that kiss mean? Nothing? Ugh. Well, let's see how the rest of this goes. Uh, <laughs> up next, <laughs> we've got Love Bites and Razor Lines. <laughs> And when you can't compete with the junk that you'll come out 
smokes a man's cigar uh, my favorite what? oh i'm sorry go you ahead. know what this is the moment in time that i wish we were doing wig talk because if we were if we want misogyny i know a dude who's way better at it than this guy yes yeah greg tully he's the right he's the king he's the king Debonair from start to finish is one of the most misogynistic a- albums I think I've ever oh, heard in my oh, oh, life. You mean uh, you mean gentleman? A gentleman. Sorry, sorry. Gentleman. Debonair's. Uh, Debonair's. Yeah. Like, well, that's an album though where it's like, I'm a bad dude. I'm a piece let, of shit. Let me list the reasons why, and also make a classic while I do it. Like dealing with that is part of the charm. And yeah, there's no self awareness here. I mean, just with Rai Rai song alone. I mean, which uh, Rai Rai song? What do you What do you guys call this one? What do you oh, call this, uh, one? this one's it's called Rai Rai song. Sure, you don't want to workshop that? No, 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 I, no, I no. It's Rai Rai song. Are Are you a little worried that your first hey, thought, best thought? Okay, okay. It's written down on a piece of paper. <laughs> Uh, my favorite lyric from this song is, you live in shit and you will eat your own way out. Once again, any other band, this would be killer. But here I'm just like, ah, wasted. This is one of the three songs that Ross is a co-write on. Mm. Well. I don't know if we have anything else to say about this one. Nope. It's just more, more of the same. <laughs> It really is. More of the same. All right. Up next, we've got Hurting and Shoving. She should have let me sleep. (laughs) Sounds like a baby crying. Should have let him sleep. Ross also has a co-writing credit on this one. It gave me a slight, slight new metal vibe, but it never settles into anything. And so it's just sort of like you're just getting bounced around. I wrote in my notes, worst song in the album, possibly. Wow. It's not one that I enjoyed. Uh, At this point... In the album, I was like, it's not for me, clearly. Yeah. yeah. I would say I don't know who it's for, but I know exactly who it's for. I feel like I, at this point, my first listen, I was like definitely checking to see how many tracks I had left, which (laughs) the answer is too many. But I was just like, all right, yeah, I fucking get it, dude. You got dumped. But haven't we all been fucking dumped? Like... (laughs) Yeah, I've been dumped and I've been really mad and I've like vented about it to like my friends and I went to see a girl that I was dating perform in a show choir group at Macomb Community College 
and she saw me before the show and I was like, I'll see you after. And she stood me up after the show and I was there with her mother and I didn't write this song. I was like, oh, oh no. Well, I'm probably going to have to process this. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like there is, I can give some amount of like uh, leeway to like things like this hurt a lot. If you don't have a lot of experience and you don't have the tools to process or think about things, it it can lead to some pretty volatile behaviors. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I think lots of people in 2000 knew that like this probably wasn't the way to like talk about people or (laughs) deal with things. Like it's not like, I don't know. This is news. It's well, it's like when people talk about like, well, the founding fathers, everybody owned slaves. Like, no, they didn't actually. No, they did not. People knew that that wasn't okay. We were the only country still doing that. People knew that wasn't okay. Like, Listening to this and being like, well, I don't know, uh, you know, the people didn't know. Like, yes, they did. People (laughs) did know. People were aware. It's like I said, you you live in that bubble. I I, I told the story before. I thought everybody liked Limp Bizkit across the board. (laughs) And then I'm watching MTV and they ask Christina Ricci what she's excited for in the year 2000. And she says, I hope I never have to hear that Nookie song ever again. And I went, what? Somebody doesn't like Limp Biscuit who's near my age? And then you went to Glassjaw and they wrote a song about it. <laughs> That's right. Here, here's, here's my quick breakup one. So I was seeing a girl in college and she convinced me to run for student government that she was also running for. I got in student government. My buddy told me, you only ran for this because she told you to. And I was like, no, 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 man. I want to do this. But yeah, I ran because she told me to. Then we broke off, broke off whatever we had going on. I then had to see her every week for the entire school year anyway and you won uh, yeah I, I ran on a post um <laughs> it was literally like it's still a win a win's a win and uh basically uh r- i was writing for the school paper and uh they had uh they had me review the grammys that year and so i wrote up a thing about the grammys and there was a beatles tribute and it was like this just they grabbed whoever was backstage and had him go out. And it was like Pharrell and I don't know, some other people and Dave Matthews. And I was like, Oh man, that, that tribute was garbage. I mean, Dave Matthews doing the Beatles. No, thank you. And she came up to me and she went, she had to make that dig against Dave because I like Dave. Didn't you? And true story. I did not write that as a dig against her because I, just don't like Dave Matthews. But after that, she was mad that, and she thought that I had, I was like, good. I'm glad. And then you wrote a whole thing about how she was a whore, right? Right. And then I said, I, 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 she started to walk away and I said, come back here. You live in shit. I hope you you eat your own way out. You fucking. (laughs) No one knew back then. No one. I mean, it was an innocent time where men could just <laughs> fucking people. Simpler people times. Simpler, Simpler times, time. baby. It was pre, pre-9-11, man. The sun was out every day. Hey, once the... Oh, God. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, once those towers fell, men learned a lot about themselves. No, they didn't. <laughs> fucking... Another part that doesn't need to be in the show. The world... And emotions and navigating humanity is difficult. 
So the next song is called Major. You only get one for this gift. You both deserve a hug after listening to this record. Thank you. Wow, Matt. Okay. No, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no, Matt. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I will carry this girl with, like, life is long. Life is a lot longer than you think it is. Matt, Matt, you're only going to meet five people in your life. Tops. There's no way you're going to meet any more people. Mm-hmm. The thing that Impossible. really burns burns me about this is my own shortcomings in my early relationships with people. In, in particular, females. In particular, ladies. But you know what I mean? Like, this, that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In particular, <laughs> females. In particular, ladies? Who were you hanging out with, Matt? Look, man. Female Wait, in ladies. particular? Female Some femme fatales, but perhaps? No, like, yes. I was, it was me and a girl named Natasha. But no, like, what really kills me about this is that this feels like a guy who fell in love with the idea of a woman... Rather than who the person that was actually there, mm-hmm. and that bums me out so hard because I did that so often with people where like I imposed everything that I wanted them to be onto them instead of just letting them be who they are, but I wasn't okay with who I was, so it was like, well, you need to be the better person. So I'm going to make that happen in my mind. And it's so unfair to the other person. And uh, hey, guys, this is uh, therapy. Also, I was super sick yesterday. So (laughs) get a load of this gravelly fucking voice. I love it. But does that make sense? Like, yeah, when I hear this, I'm just like, this is a guy who was with a girl that he put everything that he needed to fix himself on and when she left which is her fucking right he was like oh who's gonna fix me now yeah how dare you so and i hate to be you know doing the whole devil's advocate here but the thing there also to keep in mind is that this was a band that palumbo formed with um with beck in when they were 14 so these are guys who've been like yeah so we're we're dealing with some raw teenage emotions in a pre-live journal era. I appreciate that. I I know. I know. I know. I know. And also but I, so I don't I, I don't yeah. approve of I, it. You guys, I, I know that it. you're both very nice 
human decent males. Okay, I know. <laughs> Please say that more. Out I loud. don't. I don't. Think, I don't think that anyone here is a piece of shit. I don't even actually think that the guys in this band are pieces of shit. In like all likelihood, mm-hmm. it's just like listening to this and like listening to what the songs are about and like where this came from. That is something that I lived through several times Mm -hmm. for basically all of my dating life. And a lot of it was probably the people that I chose and the way that I allowed myself to be treated because of how I felt about myself. But it's just hard to listen to when you're like, when you realize Mm -hmm. that that shit is not okay right uh you know because when i was much like what you think you're saying when they were like 14 like yeah i had like boyfriends when i was 14 too or dudes that like decided that i was some type of thing or person or some way that i wasn't actually but they put it on me and when i wasn't interested this is the shit that i took and as much as like now because i'm in my 30s and i can like look back and be like okay well like i wouldn't take that shit now but like when I was like a teenager or in my early twenties, I just felt like confused. Like what have I done so wrong? Like, am I horrible? Am Mm. I a bad person? Is there something wrong with me? Like maybe I should just like this guy cause he's like nice and he thinks I'm cool, but I don't. So like, I feel like kind of similar to what you were saying, Matt, about how like this like burns you because you relate to it in a way. Yeah. I think I have a similar thing where it like burns me because I'm like, I think still pissed that I dealt with so many dudes like that. And I felt so bad. And I, and it, and I really questioned like what was wrong with me. Whereas now I'm like, certainly nobody should be expected. Poe buddy's nerfed. Poe buddy's nerfed. Okay. Poe buddy's nerfed. You know, I think that your teens and twenties are basically like an extended Monday. (laughs) 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 But I I think that like, yeah, this, this probably just like brings out a lot of just, it's just like too familiar to me. So I, 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 I a hundred percent agree what you're saying. I do feel that it, it would be, I would, not be serving our audience correctly if I did not talk about some things that come up in the comments in songmeetings.com. Go on. Do it. Commenter Emo NJE. Yet another great song by Glassjaw. I can relate because I hate the fact that a certain girl can't get over an asshole of a guy for the fact that he de-virginized her and she can't see that she means nothing to him. And then they print, reprint a bunch of the lyrics and then they close with Daryl's a genius Mm. (laughs) hard pass and then and then a couple other people also say that daryl is a genius at one point someone says genius pure genius i uh i'm not even gonna submit it (laughs) i'm just wanted i just wanted to say that i'm aware that people said it but clearly not today so if I have to completely remove my experience from this, it is very clear that this album and these lyrics resonated very strongly with a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. So, okay. Like that, I, you know, like, I guess like, it's just that what I feel like is resonating is something that I am so much like, this is a, this is a bad thing in my opinion. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing to resonate with these very like extreme feelings of being pissed off about being rejected. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fine thing to resonate with. I just take issue with the approach and the blame and the sort of like incessant victimization uh, because like resonating with like, yeah, like, I mean, I have been dumped several times and like by people who like had cheated on me a whole bunch and like lied to me and like, I was fucking pissed and like hurt. And like, I can understand that like resonating with it. There's just something that's a larger issue of. There's a, there's a, not to jump ahead, but there's a comment on the very last song that I think covers a lot of what you're talking about. So we'll let my website take care of it. Here's the thing. (laughs) Songweenies.com. It gives, it takes, and it gives. All right. Well, up next, we've got her middle name was Boom. Wow. Am I crazy or is that a butt dive? That's a big butt dive. (laughs) I was going to say, I didn't know that Glassjaw inspired most uh, alt rock of the late 2000s or the mid 2000s. I I did not expect a butt dive stain drop on a Glassjaw album. Took me by surprise. Fully submerged in a butt crack. Yeah. This one. It's funny, the comments on song meanings, we have another Daryl Says comment that's basically, I I won't read the whole thing because it's way too much to explain, but basically it's about a girl whose real name is Boomika and uh, that Daryl was friends with her, but just good friends. I'm not in love with her. I'm just a really good friend. And then there's another comment that also goes in that basically Daryl is friends with a woman he doesn't want to have sex with, and he's got to let everybody know, the, uh, which is, yeah. The top of that comment on songings.com is Daryl says, there are like three or four girls in my life that I'm genuinely friends with. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, God damn, dude. 
just can't. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> right? You know. Okay. That's fine. Have a nice uh, night, Daryl. See you later. <laughs> well, bye. And then I just flush <laughs> myself down the toilet. <laughs> Uh, oh, Harry Manback also shows up in the comments. Harry um, and he said that he was very surprised by how nice this song was lyric-wise, and he can't ex- he doesn't know what it means, so if then, anyone could help him out. So Harry Manback rolled in and was like, this song, album really hates women. Wait, this song likes a woman? I'm confused. So is Daryl. Mm. All right. Up next, we have Piano. Starts with a guitar. Mm. They trick you. <laughs> if there's not a piano on this song, I'm gonna think Some that last draws a bunch of fucking whores. <laughs> guess there isn't a fucking piano <laughs> on this song uh tricked ya there's a great comment on songmeanings.com that i just want to read please do this is definitely the best song i've ever heard in my 18 years of existence there it is <laughs> there it fucking is. i command you to buy the glass jaw cd it is good and daryl palumbo is a badass Peace, love, and shotgun. That's from Rufus. If there was ever a comment to sum up. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, I like this response from Chula Vista, who said, This song is dope, but uh, it's not the best I've ever heard. But it is good. I think this song would be good if you completely removed the vocals and put anybody else on it. Um, this is one another one where a normally... I mean putting aside the content of the vocals of the lyrics for a moment, just singing this semi normally and not so tortured would have been more my speed. But this is once again, I see Ross just being like, ugly it up, be more passionate, bring it more, bring it more, bring it more. And this is what you get. I mean, cause that's the thing we haven't really talked too much about the band. And even on my three listens, I would constantly just be distracted. I was like, I mean, I guess they're fine. They're not like the worst band I've ever heard. It's just that the vocals and their content, lyrical content, just it, it overshadows everything else. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
it's it's hard to focus on anything other than that. Yeah. I mean they they sound good. They seem yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. They're, they're heavy. Yeah. That's cool. So Ross worked with them on this album and their next album? Correct. So yeah, so I was telling Jenny that I um like I said, I was huge Head Automatica fan, which is Daryl's other band. I was really worried after listening to this album three times that I had not listened to Head Automatica in a while, and maybe I didn't like them anymore, or maybe there was something I was missing there. And uh, I went and just watched some videos, watched some videos from their second album. There's a huge jump up in quality and a huge drop off in misogyny. Or there's just a a repackaging of the anger of understanding of, I mean, if Christgau reviewed these guys, which he did not, Christgau famously accused Limp Biscuit of realizing that misogyny didn't sell and just taking it out of their, you know, chocolate starfish and stuff and pushing it to the side. I don't know if that's what happened or if they just figured it out, but it's definitely absent from the later stuff. And then by the time you get ahead automatica, which if you want to pull up real quick, if you can pull up Matt, uh, the Head Automatica song, Lying Through Your Teeth. I can do this that. Is, this song is from 2006. And what you'll get is a... Yeah, you'll you, you'll just see that how we're... You know, how he's... Daryl has changed things. Here's Lying Through Your Teeth by Head Automatica. That is, number one, I love that song already, but that's Mm -hmm. the song that the band in the movie is playing when they're trying to make a great song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny is that I I randomly found that song when I was sort of like reacquainting myself, like, you know, and it was funny is that it still has, I mean, what it's about, it's about a lying woman, why didn't I see your lies, right there. Like you said, Matt, like you're like, oh, I like that. That's fine. But I mean, like having listened to this album and then going to that song, I was like, ooh, we've we've just we've just repackaged things a little bit. Don't even get me started <laughs> on this. <laughs> I will lose my fucking mind. Uh, it makes me even more mad. When I hear like she dumped me, and then I hear like oh, <laughs> like no motherfucker, <laughs> do not. And again, all I am one hundred percent will own that 
all of these feelings and thoughts just come from my personal experience. I am not trying to like take myself out of it and approach it objectively. Like, so I, I'm not like trying to come at this. Like I really thought about this. This is like my measured approach, but like hearing this, I've never listened to head automatica before, but hearing that almost made me more mad than anything we heard on this record. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was just like, you fucking dick. I didn't hear the lyrics. I will be honest. I, I was more caught up in the vibe. And I think that's probably a reason that you're even more upset. Yeah. And it makes sense. I love it. I love stuff like that. I was a huge Alkaline Trio person. Huge Saves the Day person. I, I loved shit like that. Mm-hmm. I go back and listen to it now. And I'm like, oh, like how much i loved the ataris or like newfound glory or even like blink 182 but all that shit is exactly is that i fell in love with the idea of a girl and boy oh boy was i disappointed when she was actually who she was yeah 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 it's uh it what really struck me listening to head automatica stuff though is that it's the messages coddled in the softness of being more poppy it's not as aggressive and it feels it doesn't feel as aggressive he's not calling you a whore he's just saying you're a liar and you're lying through your teeth and you know out of the content here's the thing i probably wouldn't have even picked up on that like that underlying whatever with that feeling if i hadn't just listened to a whole album of him going super hard yeah you know and the thing is that it's not but th- at the same time though both had automatica records aren't front to back like they've got love songs like straight up love songs um you know that are like so i mean there is there's a the the big song from them is beating heart baby which we won't play right now because we've still got more songs to go here but that song is so syrupy like poppy love song that you're just i mean you watch the video you can't believe it's the same guy who was singing i hope you eat your own shit you know two years four years earlier it's crazy yeah, I do want to say, too, that, like, I can understand, like, if you are raised to see women that way, or that, like, this is, that's that's what you had to work with. Like, so it's, there's some of that that I'm like, you know, like, you just, that's what you, that's what you believed. That's like what you had to work with at that time. And I think lots and lots of people have like realized, like talking to you, Matt, like, you're just like, oh, I did that. That's not a great thing to do. Like, sure. That's totally like, that's the 100% like the most human thing in the world. Like Mm -hmm. I positive, I and the thing yeah. and the thing that I think never gets talked about is that it makes me better and better in the next relationship when I actually realized it. Because like there isn't a song about like, oh, I had a little bit of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> and and here we are, I'm actually happier. Like that doesn't it's easier to be like it's man, these guys again should have just talked to Byron Katie. <laughs> <laughs> really because you're not supposed to blame other people like it's it usually is within yourself 
Yeah, it's not a very good song to no. be like, you know what I realized? <laughs> right. I had a self-realization doesn't move a lot of units. I've got a lot of unresolved childhood stuff that I was projecting onto my partner. And, and it seems that my dad telling me that he had a bunch of rotating women he fucked when I was seven to, seven to 17 years old wasn't the best thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. What? Too much truth from the no, old no. I was Whoa. just I I was just thinking about how like all of this is so complicated and like nuanced, and I do think that people, for the most part, are doing the best that they can. But there's like this whole other question of like intention versus impact and things like that, and so yeah. mm-hmm. I think having felt the impact of this type of thought i like have a pretty strong reaction to it but i also don't know what it would feel like to grow up being told like or shown and demonstrated that like women are these things you can project things onto and like just all of that stuff i have i have no idea what it would feel like to grow up that way and then to like experience somebody being like no and then you're like what (laughs) <laughs> I, but you Wait. like the same kind of music that I do, and, but uh, oh you're God. you're yeah. cool. But you're you're the cool girl, and you're supposed to like me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm almost certain I would have. My reality. I'm. I I've reacted poorly to almost every situation. Like the first time I encountered it in my life. <laughs> so like, I have no doubt that like, I would have probably been a shit. But I still hate these lyrics. Man, we got fucking real on this app. This is the realest we've ever been. I think Next Ross yeah. would be <laughs> super proud of this episode. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ross would be like, I'm feeling it right now. I'm getting that raw shit I live for. That's right. Just no, put it I to gotta, music. No, put it to music. It. Keep it coming or I'm going to throw this pan at you guys. Oh, boy. What, what All do, right. What do, what do we got next? Up next, we've got Babe. It's a hardcore song. Yeah, I I actually like this song. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I feel like I had become numb to the <laughs> fact that every song was about like the glass jaw wears. Ah, <sighs> some girl. Yeah, okay, Daryl, I get it. You got jumped, man. <laughs> like you fucking need to take a nap and like go for a run or something. <laughs> like, I I, I talk find to somebody, it- bro. <laughs> I find it funny that he says the one of the first lines of the song is I wash my hands of you and it's like do you? <laughs> Cuz we're we're deep into this like I don't ble- I get better soap actually scrub sing the happy birthday song twice before you turn that water off bro cuz those <laughs> hands are still filthy. I remember one time when I first started improvising there was this guy who I was friends with and he was kind of weird 
And like we'd hang out and he thought I was really cool and he'd like buy me stuff. And I was like, hey, like you don't need to do that. But he'd buy me like weird stuff. Like one time my car was like broken and he, so he like came to my apartment to pick me up to go to like this fucking improv show that he had organized. And apparently he looked in my shower and figured out what kind of razors I use and he bought me razors. And I was like, I don't want these. And he's like, well, I got them for you. And I was like, uh, okay. So it got to the point where he was like hitting on me a ton. And I was like, Hey, look, I'm not into you. And he was like, but I'll go down on girls for hours. And I was like, thank you for the info, but I'm good. And he's like, I've been told I have a larger than average dick. And I was like, Oh boy, thank you, but I'm good. And so it got really, really tense. Uh, and he knew where I lived and it was very weird because he would just like drive by sometimes and he would write me letters and then be like, why didn't you respond to my letter? And I'm like, please stop. Right. He would like mail letters to my house. And I was like, please stop. And he'd like be like, I wrote it in like the voice of a civil war soldier. Cause I told him once that I could tell that he had like a Southern accent. And I was like, Oh, that's like, I think I told him it was kind of like cute or something which I feel guilty saying now, like I have somehow done something to warrant that behavior. But in between improv shows, when I was about to go on stage and he was coming off, he got in my face, like up against the wall and was like, I don't fucking care about you anymore. And then just left. And I was like, uh, okay, (laughs) cool. And then when you were like, did you wash your hands of it? It was like one of the most (laughs) aggressive, like, Like, this is the kind of shit that when I'm listening to this, it brings up. I told this guy that it was cute that I could kind of hear a Southern accent. That is it. Like, does that warrant you buying somebody razors for their bathroom? No. Writing them, like, physical letters over and over again? No. You know? That's a lot. Yeah, that's, that you just that would give me a second to process that because that's a lot. It was a lot. Maybe we should do like a spinoff podcast, and I'll just tell you the stories of every creepy thing. I I would just be like a a bump on the road. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hold on, that makes it sound like I'm one of your stories. No, no. <laughs> my stories are like a footnote. I don't have a ton. But uh, <laughs> but maybe we should listen. How long? Hey, Jenny. Uh, oh how, my God! How Great. Res- how respectful of our time is this album? Uh, it's a relatively respectful of our time. It comes in at fifty-one minutes and forty-seven seconds. Not too bad. I'm sorry we had to unpack the entire toxic relationship. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just. I think yeah. I think we nailed it. Ross would be so happy that we're having this conversation. With Without having heard the episode, I'm sure he would already say this is his favorite ep of the show. I agree. All right, let's move. All right. Everything you ever wanted to know about silence. Red, red, 
Okay. Yeah, so this is a slow boy. Um, this is also the third song Ross co-write on the album. This is largely known to be a song about a Daryl dealing with the fact that he has Crohn's disease. Uh, if you go to songmeetings.com, Deaf from Silence lets you know that Daryl says that it is about uh, being diagnosed with Crohn's disease and he was dealing with it and also the lack of compassion I got from a certain woman during that period of my life. And then he goes on uh, basically saying that he didn't, he was very young and he felt that he had no support. And then this girl basically left his side and he felt very alone. Why didn't he leave her? He has a chronic disease. And she doesn't respect that. Why are you with this person? Well, she knew me damn well, and she hoarded herself around rather than being there for me. Fuck this guy. Jesus Christ. Also, if we are to assume that he is just out of high school, I believe we are to assume that she is also just out of high school. This is some high school shit. Uh, yeah. I have, an, I have a quote, so I didn't get to read this. In the thank yous on the... Uh, uh, this uh -oh. is... Uh, this is from Beck's, uh, Beck's thank yous. Uh, give thanks to his band for their patience, Ross for his faith in us and our music, my friends for their love, my family for dealing with the band. I like that one. Uh, my boy Daryl for helping me make our dreams into an actual reality. Lastly, I hope everyone from high school is dead. Classic. There oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I also like this idea. This is something that I noticed on my third listen. That if a, if you're hanging out with a woman, and then she leaves and is not hanging out with you anymore, she's definitely fucking somebody. <laughs> That's the only other thing she could possibly be doing. That's the thing. Why isn't that woman? I she's having sex with somebody. Only op option. She couldn't have just left. She just want to be around you anymore. She was whoring herself around. We're dealing with a whore. Here. We all know it. <laughs> we all know she's a whore. Message received. Uh, all right. We've got one song left. Uh, and this is a song called Motel of the White Locust. So this one feels kind of new metal. It's got a head bob to it, kind of rocks. The who could ever hook works, has some good screams. This one kind of surprised, you know, that I liked it as much as I did. I mean, it does still start off with the line, welcome to Hollywood Horror, wake up in Hollywood Horror. Just maybe use a different word. Call her a lady of the night, you know? Get Harlot. A harlot. Oh, man. Strumpet. Ooh, strumpet. Ooh, strumpet. Yeah. 
Uh, that... Yeah, I <laughs> I liked this song too. Um, if this song was on an album that was like couched full of songs that were not about. I guess there's something about this song that feels more like, well, actually, no. I was going to say this feels more like he's frustrated with himself. But then I read, though, I like your pretty eyes better blackened and my fists all fucking red. What the fuck, bro? So it's just like, I I, sw- I am trying. I'm trying to meet you halfway, Daryl. Yeah. Well, and then, and then the end of the, the end of the song is re- is a repeated sample of him saying, pack your shit and leave. I don't need to know and take my memories of her with you. And that loops for a couple times. And then it closes with pack your shit and leave. I don't need to know and take her fucking with you. And... So, yeah, I mean, and, and also, once again, there's lines about, you know, sexual debauchery, which if you're a guy in your 20s and you're saying sexual debauchery, come on, man. Uh, that and, is bovine scat. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, the hook is cool. What's funny is also I didn't mention in uh, Daryl's thank yous, um, he does a bunch of thank yous. Then he lists a bunch of uh, inspirations. And then he says, P.S., fuck everyone who looked for the hook. So that's – it's interesting because I think that that when he made this album, they weren't even – obviously, they weren't even thinking about the level of toxicity in these lyrics, but they were thinking about the fact that they weren't hooky and they weren't radio and they were against it. And it's funny because, like, I don't even necessarily give a shit about that much – you know it's it's everything else and what's really crazy is that all of the things most of the groups and artists he lists under inspirations are really anybody you hear in this album but are all everybody that you can hear on head automatic albums morrissey the cure depeche mode elvis costello squeeze tori amos faith no more um anthrax bad brains trent reznor glenn danzig Mm. oh henry (laughs) rollins (laughs) frank zappa and most importantly, Justin Beck, my partner and brother in this since I was 14. I bet Tori Amos would have a thing or two to say about these lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> a thing or 10. <laughs> yeah, that disconnect is She might have been... a whole album of things to say about this. I just, I find that sort of disconnect, like, to be very interesting. Like, the whole, like... Uh, I don't know. Like I, I could not tell you how many times, uh, some guy has told me like I'm not like other women, or like you're funny. Like women aren't funny, but you're funny. Or like, oh, women don't normally know anything about like metal, but you like. There's like this whole idea of like one of the good ones oh. that's super mm. fascinating to me. Not in a fun way, like bugs. Bugs are fascinating in a fun way. <laughs> well, I mean, Jenny, Men telling you, me that I'm not like other women is fascinating in a not fun way. I mean, Jenny, you are though legitimately one of the good ones. I mean, I mean we all know it. We've been we saying it, it for years. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm on a new metal podcast and have been <laughs> for years. I gotta be one of the good ones. Uh, <laughs> um songmeetings.com there were some people who basically were saying hey this uh, album and song you know crossing some lines here 
and some people got upset and they got defensive and they said hey how could you say this isn't cool and we have this comment from uh x forget my name x june 10th 2002 said you can say it's not to be taken literally or whatever but i still don't think it's very cool to say it's sexual debauchery you fucking cunt you fucking whore you cost what you're worth in a song that hundreds of little hardcore boys are going to be singing along to and that's it you know then this person basically just putting it you know calling a spade a spade just saying hey you have this you have this pulpit you have this audience they're gonna hear these things and you know you might just be you know venting out and not really mean it but people will take your words and bend them and twist them and make them into their own thing yup so this wouldn't be a Ross Robinson album if it didn't have a s- secret track. Secret track. It's a secret. It's called, was it called Lostin? Is that what it's called? Lostin. And if you go to uh, 430, Matt. 430 in the man says. Wow, missed opportunity. Could have started that at 420. Ah. Come on, bro. 420. How straight edge are you? Thank you. Um, the the whispered "fuck you" had me in hysterics every single time. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Oh boy. Uh, and I, on a, I on an not. album, on an album of nothing but last words, still needs one more last word. <laughs> oh, the last lyric of this album is "fuck you again." Once more, <laughs> fuck you. Like, and that's also that's said as like a, a whisper. Fuck you again. I think wow. I think a whispered "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you again" is an appropriate response to somebody who's hurt you, with the acknowledgement that like this shit, a lot of the shit is still yours. I think it is perfectly reasonable to feel like fuck you when somebody lies to you or disregards you or something like that. I was in a relationship that came to an end and I had the opportunity to talk to the person again and we were both very honest at that point and I had started to work on myself uh, again at that point. And I had the opportunity to say that, like, you treated me this way and I let you treat me that way because I didn't do what I needed to do. And that is the work that's not getting done on this album. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, you're still there. 
Like and every interpersonal relationship that you have, you're still the it's two people. You know, like you're still there. And yeah, hindsight is kind of the twenty twenty on it, but it's like, oh shit, I gave up all of my power. I gave up all of these things. And I didn't talk to you about it. I just gave it because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Instead of being like, hey, how about we talk about what we're going to do? It was very very healing to have that conversation. Everybody, just work on yourselves, bro. Work on yourself. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. Jenny, go ahead. Did you have... uh, No, I, I was just thinking about like... In past relationships where there has been like that sort of... Like... When when you're, I'm sure that there are things that I do in my relationship now that I will look back on in a year uh, more, like that I'll be like, oh, that was that was my shit. I know that I have a lot of that from when I first started dating Sweet Mitchell. By the way, we're gonna have a whole huge section of the wedding that's just people talking about like their past mistakes in relationships. <laughs> oh, cool! Love Excellent. This. <laughs> Love gonna be it. great. Uh, but like. I think that it's important to like give yourself some grace as you like learn and grow. Um, and it's nice if you can like reconnect with people and talk about it and like uh, take part, like take your ownership of your shit. Cause like I, there was one relationship that I was in for, it was like the longest relationship I had been in basically until I started dating Mitchell and like the only person that I'd like lived with other than him. And I was so pissed off when we broke up because like he cheated on me like a ton, like an amount that like is insane because he was gone a lot. So he could just cheat all the time. Like one of his friends after we broke up was like every opportunity he had to cheat on you. He did unless you two were fighting and then he wouldn't cheat on you, which was very interesting. But if I'm being honest, I knew that shit was fucked from the very beginning, but I just, I liked him so much. I just wanted to like him. Like looking back on how I was in that relationship. I also, instead of just saying this isn't okay, just if I'm being totally honest, tried to manipulate the relationship in any toxic way I could figure out. So I guess that is to say that like listening to stuff like this, it's not like it's completely lost on me that, when you're in your like late teens, early twenties, the way that you approach things isn't going to be like your most like empowered self. Sure. But yeah. it's just, I just can't get past this whole, like you are such a fucking whore thing. <laughs> it's just like, here's like something completely toxic on a platter over and over and over again. Right. Like, but like, there's not a part of him being like, I made a mistake. It's your fault. You're a whore. Like, I don't know. I, that's tiresome it, yeah. to me. I mean, even yeah. if it's even if it's buried in there, if we were to, you know, really parse out these lyrics, which I feel like I already have, it, he always leads with that. You know, literally songs are starting with, you know, w- wake up or you're in Hollywood. Like, well, OK, I know where we're, we stand here. So it's yeah, there's no. um yeah there's no other perspective in so Ugh. glass uh, jaw 
You yeah. made us talk about the real shit. Ross, yeah, you work in mysterious you ways. You work in mysterious ways, you, Mr. Robinson. You sweet yeah. angel. So uh, I guess, what is this, final thoughts? I guess we'll do final thoughts on the album and then final thoughts on the month. So, <laughs> Jenny. Oh, God, I have to start this? Okay. Uh, yeah. This album is a big no for me. <laughs> That's going to be a pass. Uh, I liked a couple of the songs, but the implicit bullshit that comes along with it is just too much for me to bear. Um, this month was very interesting to me. Um, I can certainly see the through lines of a Ross production. Uh, I'm definitely seeing that. I only want that sometimes. Mm hmm. I don't think I can handle the Rossness in like a medium or a message that like isn't that just like doesn't sit well with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Matt, Lauren, what do you think? Talking about the album, I did not enjoy it. We have done quite a few albums with terrible misogyny in the lyrics, but uh, the those were often colored with either some really sick riffs or just absurd imagery or just sort of like a, a level of artifice around it that made it if not excusable at least easier to stomach but this was very hard to stomach and honestly after my third listen i kind of wanted to just throw it away forever so it didn't really come out of this one feeling very good i honestly say like listening to it with you guys now like i kind of appreciate more musicianship a little bit more and not saying that it's like any bit redeemed i i do think when i finished my listen last night i was like this is the worst thing we've ever done but talking to you, Jenny, before we started recording, um, yeah, we've done way worse albums, <laughs> like just overall. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. So yeah, so I'm I've calmed down a little bit, but um, I mean, three times in a week is is uh, not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> For the month, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just gonna echo what you said, Jenny. Um, definitely seeing the through line of Ross. Definitely seeing. It was interesting to see sort of like um, powers used for good great power comes great responsibility and in the right hands you can get something really transcendent like a lot of those cure tracks or they're at the drive-in album but also you know things can go awry i mean the blood brothers album in comparison to this record is just more of like a nuisance just sort of like a just a <laughs> bunch of kids just making a making a mess and you can't really be mad at that i mean i can't be mad at blood brothers at all really after this record but this yeah it's just sort of showing just like you know where ross can really take you and it can be a, some dark fucking shit. So, but we made it through. Matt and Oz. All right. Um, for the Glassjaw record, hey guys, just listen to this. This is all <laughs> you need. This is where it's at, baby. This is the Afghan wigs. This is misogyny that is wrapped up in a man who understands he's a piece of fucking garbage. Oh, come on. Do you want to know something? Oh, God. That guy that I was talking about before who I had that relationship with who cheated on me a ton, I introduced him to the Afghan wigs and he got super into them 
And when we broke up, he sent me like some drunken emails and he's like, listen to be sweet. That's how I feel. And I was like, you do not get to use the thing that I told you about. You do not get to use this against me. Yeah. So anyway, but really taking me back. It's a real it's a real piece of garbage track. But I love that album. I love that album because there's an honesty to it. Mm. This is one half of the story. Glass Jaws record and it's coming from one point of view that doesn't look like it's interested in any self-examination at all which is appropriate for the age but my age tells me that you need to grow the fuck up mm-hmm. uh, for the month I've loved it I've, I've really really loved it I loved listening to The Cure much to many people's chagrin uh, thank you for coming on the journey with us on that uh, I loved hearing you know, I think you have it right, Lauren and Jenny, when you're talking about what Ross brings out in a band. He's either going to push you to your height or he's going to push you to the point of breaking. Yeah. And either way, you're going to get something interesting. I think every album we listened to was interesting. There are, I much prefer The Cure and the At the Drive-In record than The Glass Jaw or the Blood Brothers record. But at the same time, you can't say either of them weren't interesting, even though I think the uh, the uh, Glassjaw record is a little too one note for me in terms of content. Um, there is an edge to it that, again, I don't appreciate in my age. Um, so I, I, I will leave it at that. But him as a producer and his desire and will to go there is amazing and i think his you know he's a very love him or hate him producer a lot of people have incredibly strong opinions about him and seeing who he's produced in the past that have entered the canon when we're talking about roots and we're talking about iowa and we're talking i mean we're talking about a band and bands that again are they're making records that are almost their undoing and he's helming the ship and he's he, not every ship comes to shore. Yeah. That's and the, I, yeah. And I'm glad that we took this month to do it. That being said, who knows when the next producer spotlight will be, if there will ever be another producer spotlight. You have to try things out. You got to, we got to keep it spicy here. We've been doing this podcast for a while. That's true. I mean, 140 (laughs) some odd episodes before we did something that was 100% unadulterated, not new metal. Yeah. It's like when somebody pulls out a spatula and spanks their partner because they read it in Cosmo and their partner's like, what are you doing? You're like, tell me more about this, Jenny. When's this happening? It never actually happened. Spicing it up. Spicing it up. There was a, a sex tip in Cosmo that was like, in the kitchen, pulling a spatula and spank your partner. And I was like, no. And no. also, like, <laughs> that would just, like, I don't know. I That would just frighten anybody. I was in, like, I would be frightened if somebody pulled out a spatula and started if, running if, if, if you hit Mitch with a spatula unprovoked, what would he say? Ow. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a weird one. That's, I just yeah. think that, like, that's a... I always think of that anytime somebody's like spice it up I'm like oh yeah like that Cosmo thing (laughs) 
Well, there you have it, the end of Producer Spotlight Month on Russ Robinson. We made it through it. Thank you for joining us on it. Next week, we're going to be back into it. Up to our waist? No. Up to our neck? No. We're going to be over our head in new metal. Bet on it. We got we got some records lined up. We got three lined up, three bands we've never done before. We're going to do them on the show. And then episode 150, a band we have not done in I think over a hundred episodes. Holy shit. It's been I a think long it's been time. it's been a very long time since we've done this band. So we've got a lot of new metal fun to come. We're coming out of Ross Month, Better People. I'm just loving doing the show with you guys. So yeah, keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Get all your Roach Coach at Roachcoach.com. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, coach with a K. Until next time. Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Your attention. <laughs>